You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. And we've got quite a show for you today, as always, on David's Pick. We love doing this and uh, love introducing new people. And this one is uh, sort of extra special in that it's uh, uh, right around the corner from where I live. And we have a gentleman on that's the on the city council, Councilman Alex uh, Wright. And Alex uh, is also a veteran. And uh, as we do with all of our David's Pick shows, we start out by remembering those that have given the ultimate sacrifice, including a friend of mine and. You're always invited to go to our website and uh, look at the memorial that we have for J. Roy Ritchie. Uh, he succumbed to uh, Agent Orange-induced cancer, and uh, we uh, still I still think about him. He was my roommate in college and uh, a very very dear friend. And but we don't enter everybody that. Uh, uh, have served in the military. All of them are our brothers and sisters, and we appreciate them. We're going to take just one minute of silence and remember them and remember those that are serving today. I've got a son serving today, and so we want to remember everybody that's worn a uniform, be it military or first responder. So we'll take out just one minute. Okay, thank you, and amen. Now, the other thing that we do, and uh, we gotta got to admit that, um, you know, Alex is not too familiar with what I'm doing next, but I know anybody that served in the Marines or in the Army, they know what's coming, and uh, that's the way we get going at this show every time, every... <laughs> Okay, we had to start it with a, a Jody Cadence call, and uh, Alex was in the uh, Navy, and I guess they just don't have room on ships to do the, the marching and, uh, and the uh, mile runs and the double time and the, all the rather force marches where your uh, calves turn into uh, garbage as you're doing that force march in the, in the deep deep of the sand. But anyway, Alex, Mr. Wright, we're glad to have you with us today. Thanks for having me on. Well, this is going to be fun, and uh, like I mentioned, you're the councilman, or you're a councilman in uh, Peachtree Corners, which is a city uh, just north of Atlanta, north and a little bit east of Atlanta. And um, it's, you know, Alex, I guess one thing that I am extremely proud of 
with uh, North Georgia is that we're becoming quite a destination for veteran memorials. And that's what we're going to talk about today, the uh, memorial that you all have done in Peachtree Corners. And I'm just, you know, very proud of to, to be a Georgian. I'm an ex-Texan, but uh, and you can't ever take all of the Texan. You can take the boy out of Texas, but you can't take all of the Texan out of the boy. So I still do have an allegiance to Texas, but... What uh, Peachtree Corners has done, what uh, in this show, by the way, we we support and honor our Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And uh, Colonel Rick White, retired, is the director of the Hall of Fame, and he does just an absolutely fantastic job. If you're in Atlanta, live in Atlanta, or you're coming to Atlanta, may I recommend highly that you go to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame in the Floyd Building, which is right across the street from the state capitol, the Gold Dome. And um, you might want to make it a day trip because they have a pretty darn good little cafeteria downstairs. I know I could use it in about uh, about an hour and a half, but uh, unfortunately I don't live that close to it. But it is a good little restaurant, and the... Now, Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame is fantastic. And uh, Paul Longrier is one of the ones that started it. And then uh, Rick White came along as the director. And uh, it's, just, it's just wonderful. And take your own box of Kleenex as you're reading through all of the Georgia heroes. So I'm going to sort of put the ball in Alex's court. And we're going to find out all about the Peachtree Corners Memorial, and um, when it was started, and we'll just, Alex, just jump right in. All right. Well, thank you very much. Um, so just to give you a little kind of background, uh, Peachtree Corners is a is a new city in Georgia. What I mean by new city is it was incorporated for like eight or nine years ago, and, you know, we were trying to create our own identity, one of the things that we were discussing, some of the people in the council were discussing was as we were building a, our own town center, our own downtown, if you will, that was going to have a very large town green, is we wanted to have something to honor veterans. And myself and the mayor both had served in the Navy at different times, and uh, Alex, so let we, me interrupt you. Who is the mayor? Uh, so the the mayor is a gentleman named Mike Mason who served uh, in the Vietnam era. He volunteered, I want to say, 1970 to 1974. He was a corpsman in the Navy. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know a whole lot about you know, where, where he was during that time, but I do know that that part of it, you know, like I said, he volunteered and I don't know if he was deployed or, or, or whatnot, but uh, he he's, he's of a different era. I'm, I'm a little bit younger than that, but I, uh, like I, hate, to, said, I hate to throw you a, a hardball, and I don't know that you'll know the answer to this anyway, but uh, your mayor, Mr. Mason, is he any kin to the Mason-Dixon line by chance? Uh, the reason I ask is he and I may be relatives. I, I My father was... Uh, his name was Mason, and uh, my grandparents, and we we are relatives of the Mason-Dixon line. Hmm. I, 
I think he's originally from. I mean, he's originally from Georgia. I want to say uh, somewhere down near Macon. I can't remember the exact county, but he's 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 a native. Um, I don't beyond that. I don't know a whole lot about his uh, you know his, his family background. Well, if he's listening, maybe he'll call in and we can uh, kick up some old relatives or something. <laughs> You, yeah, you may be related. It's, uh, it's a small world sometimes. Oh, we just did a show on that the other day. It, it's a very small world, and I, I can't stand that song, but it is a very small world. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the, you know, he and I were uh, you know, discussing this, had been discussing it, and you know, just kind of conceptually. And I had a... Uh, I was watching the you know, P- PBS has a show on Memorial Day where they have the you know the the event on the the National Mall. I don't know if you've ever seen it or not, but it's very well done. And often the what the show is about is that they've got stories of veterans over you know, decades, and they get well known actors to when I say portray them kind of like read their story if you will and the and the veterans are normally there it's a very moving uh, show and i remember watching that kind of about this same period when i was the, the mayor and i had been talking about this and that idea of those stories really resonated with me and probably a week or two later i was at the our local ymca had a encounter with a gentleman someone introduced me to much older uh, guy probably maybe in his 80s or 90s and the guy had just a fascinating story of he had served in Korea and um, maybe even toward the end of World War II I can't remember the, all the details now but I just remember thinking I would have never you know I saw this guy I would have never thought he would have had such an interesting story you know he just looked like an old guy to me and that I got on the phone with the mayor after that and I said you know, this veteran's monument we're talking about we need to somehow incorporate capturing people's stories to to bring them to life versus just having names on stone because you know if you see that name you don't know it it really doesn't mean a whole lot to you but if you're somehow able to bring the person to life Mm -hmm. it would be very interesting i mean i can remember my grandfather on a couple of occasions talked about his experience. He was in the uh, 10th Armored Division in the Army during World War II, fought in the Battle of the Bulge, and he never talked about this stuff, but every so often he would mention a story here and there. And he, he passed away when I was in my early 20s, and I wish, you know, now that, you know, as a much older person, I would, you know, had that opportunity to talk to him, to, you know, to gather all that information, but, you know, it's gone now. So that's kind of an example of when someone passes, if no one's captured it, it's just gone. And so as we started to talk about, you know, constructing a monument, that was a, a key piece that we wanted to integrate into the theme, if you will, not just to be bricks with names on it. And so we needed to find someone to kind of lead this effort because, and I'm, I'm still working at the time. The mayor was still working full time. And we found a gentleman here in Peachtree Corners. His name's Bob Bala. He's a retired Army colonel. And going to, I think he graduated from West Point in like 1964 and served 30 years, did some tours in Vietnam. 
also very involved locally in the community. And so we, the mayor reached out to him. Would you be interested in leading this effort? And I don't know exactly how the conversation went down, but he, he, he volunteered to do it. So he was really the point man about bringing this vision to life. We created a board. The mayor and I both were on it, and there was a few other local. Some of the people were veterans. Some were just interested in you know, that kind of uh, you know, veterans activities. And so this was probably hmm, 2015 maybe. And obviously the, one of the first things you got to do is, you know, what is the, the vision? What do you want it to look like? And then one of the other big things is once you figure that out, where's the money going to come from? And so that was a process that Bob led, you know, Mr. Bowell led. And it went on for several years, you know, as we would refine what we wanted to, to look like. A um, couple of the, what I think are the highlights of the, the monument. And one thing that I did learn during this experience is there's a difference between a monument and a memorial. Right. Uh, the memorial Rick, is before, dedicated to before, the people that have... Alex, uh, before you get into that... Uh, we need to take our first break, and then when you when we come back, you can um, elaborate on the difference, okay? Okay, sounds good. We'll be back right after this. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. Hello. My name is Colonel Retired Rick White, a United States Army veteran, and I'm the director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. I would like to encourage all Georgia veterans to consider being nominated to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. If you are a Georgia veteran, and the Georgia veteran's definition is you are either born in this state or you lived in the state 10 years or you raised your right hand and joined the military in the state of Georgia, you are considered a Georgia veteran. For further information, go to your website at www.gmvhof.org. Or you can contact me at 678-427-0915. Nominations need to be in by the last Friday in August each year. Again, if you're a Georgia veteran or you're a friend or family member of a Georgia veteran, living or deceased, please consider nominating that veteran to this highly noble and rare Hall of Fame for our great state. Thank you so much. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with Alex Wright, and he's just about to describe the difference between a monument and a memorial. Correct, Alex? Yes, sir. So as I was saying uh, during this experience, uh, you know, I learned from from Bob that a memorial is dedicated to people that have are no longer with us. You know, died in uh, the line of duty, and a monument is not dedicated just to people that are alive but both dead and alive so in our ca- our case ours was veterans from the past 
today and the future. Um, but anyway, you know, we wanted, the, as I'd mentioned before, we wanted the monument to be kind of a, a living, uh, living monument, if you will. And we thought, well, how can we, how do we make that work? And so, you know, as the design was coming about, and also the, the fundraising aspect, you know, we we thought, well, allow people to buy bricks because the, you know, the bottom would be the whole thing was going to be stone, and you could buy obviously a brick either for yourself or for someone else, you know, a, a veteran. And so, you know, you have all the names there, you know, th- literally thousands. We have the capacity to put ten thousand names in, and what we would do is, if someone chose to, they could have a video made uh, of you know, their story, if you will. And initially we were working with uh, someone that was on the board who lives here in Peachtree Corners. He already had a program going called Witness to War, which is that this guy had a, it wasn't his main job. He has a very successful tech company here in town, but he had a passion for kind of what we were talking about, capturing stories of veterans. But in his case, it was specifically for people who had served in combat. And he had people travel all over the country to do these interviews. But, you know, he already had this this process set up. So we initially were using that where, you know, he, he had someone that would conduct these interviews and the videos. And then what we would do is we would link the brick to, you know, the video uh, through a, initially it was going to be through a kiosk there on site. And then we decided eventually we would go to a, a phone app, so that way the kiosk wasn't taken up with people watching the videos. Now we eventually started to use some other sources because they just didn't have enough bandwidth to handle all the videos we wanted to do. But what it allowed people to do is when they would come to the monument, and what the kiosk did do is it was a brick finder. You could type a name in and it would show you where the brick was so you could go to it. And then with an app that you know, we would tell people which app to use, it would pull up the video, probably like a three or four minute video. Uh, and sometimes it was the actual veteran. Sometimes it would be, you know, the, a, a son or daughter or even a grandson or granddaughter. Like I made some videos for, I made one for my grandfather, my wife's grandfather, uh, another relative of my wife who I didn't really, I'd never met these people, but I was given information and it wasn't, it probably could have been done better, but it was, you know, because I'd not known them. But still, we, we captured some of that story, which was the thing that would keep their story alive. So I think that's something that's very unique about uh, you know, the monument. And well, it's something we can continue to add on to as, you know, more and more people, you know, have their bricks put in. You know, um Alex, I want to commend you all for doing it. And we we mention on this show every week the fact that our veterans today are our history books. It's uh, deplorable what our kids are really not getting taught in school from the history books. And so we recommend every veteran, no matter where or what or when you served, if you haven't done it with your kids, do it with your grandkids. Get them up on your lap. And tell them what you did and how you served. And I want to mention one other thing. We had a gentleman on yesterday. 
Yeah, on uh, Pete Mecca's show, A Veteran's Story. And this gentleman is 96 years old, and he survived the Holocaust. And if you want to go to A Veteran's Story on our website and uh, go to Programs and then A Veteran's Story, and you better have your box of Kleenex uh, close at hand. It's, it's a heck of a story. But it's history, and there are people today, and, and uh, Pete and his guest yesterday discussed the fact that people don't even recognize the Holocaust. Now, Alex, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but we do a show called Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. Thirty years ago, we went to war. And there are people that if you ask why, what was Desert Shield and why, what were we doing there, they have no clue. Yep. And what you all have done is fascinating, and I, I bless you for it, and we, we will continue. In fact, I do promote it. Uh, I don't know whether you know it or not, but we do promote the fact that you all are there, uh, Johns Creek is there, and... Anybody that supports veterans, we support. And you all certainly are. So you've got this information in a kiosk, I believe, correct? Right. So the at, at the monument, which is right on our uh, town green, which is a you know, very uh, popular, attra- I guess, attraction, for lack of a better word. You know, anytime you go out there, there's tons of you know, families out there walking around. But at the at the monument, at the entrance to it, there's two kiosks, and like I was mentioning earlier, they've got a a brick finder on there. So, you know, if someone wanted to go, you know, see where my brick was, for example, you know, you would just you go to type in the person's name, and then it you know pulls up. Okay, here's where the brick is. I mean, it's not a huge, uh, you know, like it's not like something you see in Washington D.C. where it's of that of that size. So it's not too hard to, to locate the bricks but it's it's big enough where you you could definitely uh spend some time looking around uh so it saves people time that way um so that's the purpose of the of the kiosks like i said you don't watch the videos on them because even though we initially thought about that we were afraid someone would just be standing there at the kiosk the whole time and watching the videos we thought well that isn't really not really efficient so so Tell us two things. One, where you're exactly located and how to get there off of one of the main roads. And the other thing is, what time do you open and what time do you close? All right. So if you're, uh, you mentioned, you know, we're kind of northeast of Atlanta. So, you know, for people that aren't that familiar with Atlanta, there's a a road that goes around it uh, called the perimeter, which is an interstate 285. So if you were looking at a map of Atlanta and we're looking to the northeast, there's a a road that comes off of that perimeter called Peachtree Industrial. There's tons of roads called Peachtree here. (laughs) And so you you would take that road, Peachtree Industrial, which I think the number is uh, 141. You can go north... uh, Three or four miles, and then road splits, and you get and, and you bear off to uh, another Peach Street called Peach Street Parkway, which I think actually stays 141. And that's when, at that point you're in Peach Street Corners, and you just go north on that. And there's an area called the Town Center, which 
we just actually recently built a very large uh, pedestrian bridge over 141 with big lettering that says Peachtree Corner. So it's actually a good landmark. So basically when you get to that bridge, which you cannot miss, you turn right into the town center. You find somewhere to park. We've got a big parking deck. And then you just walk over to the green. You can't really miss it. And it's kind of on the far side of the green. There's some signage that points people to it, but it's kind of hard to miss. There's three big flagpoles. There's some some very nice uh, statues there. And the hours, it's... I think technically it opens at, you know, basically sunrise, if you will. I mean, there's not, the, the, the green is just open to, you know, everyone wants to come out there. So basically sunrise until it's like 11 p.m., but you know, there's people, you could go there at 5 in the morning, there'll be people exercising or walking around or whatever. So it's, I would say it's probably open 24 hours a day, really. Wow. Well, you know, uh, do you feel like, um, like the the wall that heals that's in uh, in uh, Johns Creek, which is a replica of the uh, Vietnam Veterans Wall in Washington D.C. Oh, by the way, I want to mention in the mall in Washington D.C., they will have groundbreaking if they haven't already. But uh, for a memorial to those that have served in Desert Shield and Desert Storm, and they've you know they've just they're just about to have the groundbreaking if they haven't already in the last couple of days, literally. But uh, we're pleased that they are remembering our veterans that served in uh, in the Middle East. So, anyway, back to um, Peachtree Corners. Uh, is there any, uh, I gather, if it's open like you said, it's, it's basically free to the public. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's just like any, I don't know about any, but, you know, a lot of times those kind of things are, uh, you know, accessible to anyone. Uh, like I said, any time you go over there, at least during daylight hours, it's a very active uh, area. There's restaurants and uh, got a big stage there. We have concerts and, you know, a lot of, it's really meant to bring the community together, you know, kind of bond us, if you will, through common activities. And so, we thought having the veterans monument right there on the green really uh, was conducive to that idea of you know, something to to bond us in, in our kind of our current environment. I mean, we I would argue we desperately need things that we have in common that, to focus on those things versus the things that maybe we you know, differ on. Uh, I think there's a lot of support for the military, I mean, at least in this area. So it's been you know, very well received. You always get a lot of good feedback, and uh, anytime we have events there, they're always very well attended. Uh, so, yeah, it's been, I would deem it a big, big success so far. Well, you know, you've, you've got another thing uh, in the area that um, there are a lot of veterans that live in that area. Uh, Johns Creek, uh, Peachtree Corners, Roswell, um, you know, all Alpharetta, all that area. Uh, there are a lot of veterans, and um, we uh, we certainly respect all veterans and uh, first responders. And uh, again, I, I like to. I'm very pro United States, as you might gather. Um, but you know, we use the term 
I don't want to say loosely, but we use the term first responders. Well, I think it's more than just the firemen and the police and the EMTs, of which I was an EMT many, many years ago. But, uh, you know, I was lucky, too, to serve in the military. And, you know, the United States, in my opinion, is a first responder. We're the first there for a disaster, whether it's our country or another country. And, you know, that's what the United States is, is it's built of first responders. And I don't have a veteran. I haven't. Well, you may be the first. I don't know, Alex. But uh, I haven't interviewed or been with a veteran that I don't ask the question, if your government called today, would you respond? And, you know... I've got them that are pushing their walkers and they, you know, hell yeah. And uh, if they'll take me, I can find something to do to help. And uh, I think that's the attitude of the entire United States of veterans. I can't say that for all folks, but veterans will still fight for their flag, fight for their national anthem, and they'll be the first to go to protect us. And... uh, they're wonderful. And what you all are doing, how, are you getting some really good uh, national publicity on on the park? You know, that's a good question. I, you know, I think when we have events there, uh, that it definitely gets, you know, some local, some local coverage. Um, I think when we were, when it was actually being constructed or when we had the initial groundbreaking if you will uh, that you know that was more of a you know media activity um, you know cause some of the not just the uniqueness of the, you know, what I was talking about with the videos and bringing people to life but the there's I, I can't remember if I mentioned this before but the, you know there's some statues there that a, a very well I don't know much about the sculpting world so I'm I'm saying this, and I guess within the realm of sculpting, this gentleman was very well known. His name's Chad Fisher, lives up in Pennsylvania, and he had agreed to do these sculptures for us for free. And he's got a, a real passion for veterans' causes. And just to kind of put in perspective you know, the level that this guy is on, the project he was working on. Uh, when he got done with ours, he was kind of fitting ours in, was at Soldier's Field in Chicago. I guess they were going to be, they've got some statues there of some sort that they wanted to replace, I believe, and they had contracted with him to do that. And it was, uh, I believe, a multi-million dollar contract. So, I mean, it kind of gives you an idea of the of the quality of what, what this guy had produced for us. You know, he's in that kind of uh, demand one of the other things that's kind of interesting about the statues, I've not mentioned this before. Alex, can we hold that thought and come back to it? We've got to take a second break. We'll be back right after yes, this with Alex, and uh, we'll complete the story. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. 
If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. And we're back to you right now with Mr. Alex Wright. And uh, he's a city councilman in... Peachtree Corners, Georgia. But the main thing we're talking about right now is what they have set up as a memorial, I guess memorial, correct, Alex? I didn't turn your mic on. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, to veterans, and it's uh, in Peachtree Corners, and... It's a beautiful area, and if you've never been to Atlanta or the Atlanta area, there are many areas that are beautiful, and this happens to be one. And what you all have done there, Alex, is uh, it needs national recognition, and most of our shows do go out on a national basis, and we invite anybody that's coming to Atlanta to go to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame, which is downtown, and then uh, get out of downtown and come out to Peachtree Corners and see what they've got going on. I think, uh, you know, like I said, our veterans are our history books today, and this is where you need to take your children and let them hear the story. And, you know, I I kid about this all the time that – and you being a veteran, and I, I'm sure that uh, I don't know much about the Navy. My father was a, a captain in the Navy, but uh, I, I went the Army route. But uh, even in the Navy, do you know of one friend of yours, uh, Alex, that uh, you served with or, or one of your buddies that you know now? That uh, Do you know any veteran that can tell only one story? Uh, there's never a shortage of good stories from uh, people that have served, at least in, in my experience. That's, uh, that is, uh, I think, something that's unique is the, is the stories, the, you know, the type experiences you have that you just don't have in the civilian world. Uh, you know, in most cases, the, you know, the bonding that you've got with people when you serve in adverse uh, conditions so yeah definitely no shortage of good stories anytime you get together with folks that have served they all got it well no they i don't know a veteran that has just one story in fact i've never had a veteran answer that and say no i can't name anybody once you get them cranked up it's hard to plug the jug sort of you know yeah Absolutely, but I think what you all are doing. Tell tell me some more unique things about uh, when I when I get there and I start walking around. Uh, so I was mentioning before, you know, about the statues, uh, you know, about Mister Fisher had made these statues. But one of the kind of the 
things that may not even be apparent when you're there looking at them. But one of the things we wanted to do, you know, the board had a big discussion about, well, what do we want the statutes to look like besides representing, you know, the four branches of the military, plus, you know, plus the Coast Guard. Then there's a sixth one that rep- looks kind of like a Minuteman that represents the National Guard and the Reserves. But we thought, well, this is an opportunity to be inclusive, uh, to kind of represent all the different types of people that have served the country. And so, to give an example, like the Navy statue, it's got a, a, a man in a Cracker Jack uniform, which is kind of the, if you know what that means, you know, it's yeah. got the kind of traditional looking enlisted uh, sailor hat. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you, you get the reference. But anyway, so the, 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 the historical character that that statue is based on uh, doesn't it might not be apparent because you know we don't have anything that says that but like in the case of the navy one there was a uh, a sailor during the attack on pearl harbor i think his name was dory miller it was a a, a black guy who i think served as a, a steward on one of the battleships and ended up I, I don't know if it was a silver star i can't remember navy cross maybe for shooting down couple planes early in the attack. Actually, there was an aircraft carrier that was just uh, named after him. Anyway, the statue is supposed to to somewhat look like him. Again, we don't have something that says that. You'd have to kind of read the history. We've got some online stuff that talks about that. But uh, like in the Marine Corps one, for example, the features are supposed to be ever so slightly uh, representing American Indian, and that's supposed to be for the code talkers that served in the Pacific War with the Marines. Mm-hmm. So each one of them has, you know, kind of a different group that, uh, you know, tries to kind of bring that story to light that a lot of times people don't know. Um, like the Air Force statue, for example, it's a female pilot. Because you know, probably about 20% of the military today is you know, women. So we were trying to be. You know, inclusive, not to be. Well, this is from you know seventy-five years ago, and it's it, you know everyone's uh, looks a certain way. So that was something that you know, the board wanted to do. And again, it's not when you come and see it; it's not apparent. But I always found it kind of an interesting backstory of you know trying to bring some of these uh, stories to life through these statues. Which again, you you have to go online and read about it. But it's I thought that was a good. Uh, idea to to try to do that. Sure, so that's now, now an interesting I've, tidbit. Now I've got to ask: Do you have a um, a reserve place there for our uh, space warriors, or I don't even know what it's called? Um, the, the space force. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> that's a good question. I've had other people ask me that as well. Um, we don't actually. It's uh, that would require some moving around of. Of things, I guess you could always go back and reconfigure it, you know, well, yeah, expand yeah. it a little bit. But you could uh, just have them propped up over the park, you know, flying over. Yeah, we we, we didn't anticipate the creation of the space force when we were uh, designing this. So, um, but good question. No, there's no no room right now. Maybe down the road, some future uh, board will will you know address that. <laughs> Leave it to the future, huh? That's right. That's exactly right. 
So, yeah. okay, I, I get there. There's parking available. Is that uh, close at hand, or you'd said something about the bridge at? Uh... Yeah, yeah. So the the the, you know, the town center has, uh, like I said, it's got a large green with, you know, it's got a you know, a movie theater right there on it with a stage and restaurants and whatnot. But the, there's a parking garage. It's probably a I don't know, two to three minute walk from this parking garage. And the parking garage holds probably a thousand cars. I mean, we've had events there. That have had, gosh, six thousand people, and still had plenty of parking because uh, there's, you know, we've got connectivity across the highway with another very large uh, retail development, I guess you could say. And the way Peachtree Corners is is, is fairly dense uh, for the suburbs, so there's a lot of housing right near it, where so people are able to, you know, just walk from their homes to, you know, over there to. Stuff. So yeah, if you're visiting, there's, there's never any shortage of parking. That's that's not an issue. You know, and the parking's free. And um, and if you happen to be in an electric car, we just had recently installed a huge uh, number of electric chargers. Hmm. So that's a, another kind of amenity. You know, you're just trying to like make an area more attractive. Want to bring in people to you know, see what you've got going on. Well, have you got uh, have you got an event coming up? We do. We so we have two standard events every year. Uh, we have one on Memorial Day, and then another one on Veterans Day. And actually, this past year we also had an event for twentieth. Uh, no, excuse me, not the twentieth, but the for um, the nine eleven attacks. So I think that will also become a you know an ongoing event. But the the, the board itself, or the the Veterans Association, you know, puts on these two events in conjunction with the city. Uh, so we've got one coming up on Memorial Day, and so what that would consist of is we have actually got lives down the street from me. He's a, a, a local band director for a school here, but plays the trumpet, and he's on you know involved. He'll be out there, and there's a couple of us that will you know have a event early in the morning at sunrise or the flags get lowered to half mast or half staff I guess you could say and then there'll be an event at I think it's at 11 you'll have like a speaker and this probably last 45 minutes you know they'll have like the local the local high school has a junior ROTC uh, contingent and they have like a color guard that comes out and I think when we had the initial one, when it was dedicated, it was probably like five or six hundred people there. It was pretty good turnout. You know, we'll set up chairs. Now with the, you know, with the virus going on, the memorial one we had this past year was virtual. Um, though, I'm anticipating that maybe this year, you know, it, it'll we'll have something. Maybe everyone just spreads out. Uh, Hopefully we can do it that way. It's just not the same when you're not in person. Um, but we've had people, we had a guy there, uh, he was in the local assisted living, but had served in World War II, had several represent, you know, Atlanta's a pretty large city. It's got a lot of, uh, not the embassies, but the consulates. We've had consulates from, from like Japan, South Korea, some from Europe would come and participate. It was normally, 
you know, pretty well attended. No. Band, we often will have a band from either one of the local schools or a couple of years ago we had a band from, you know, one of the military units here locally to play some patriotic music. It's always, like I said, well done and pretty well attended. You know, as a veteran yourself, do you ever have the flag go by in a, in a color guard that you don't still get some chill bumps? Uh, yes, definitely. I mean, maybe not like every time, but there are definitely uh, times where, especially at these kind of events where, you know, when they've got the, especially when they've got like some music going where, you know, you can't, I don't know, it, it you know, tugs at my heart a little bit, especially as I've gotten older, you know, and I think about, because like when I was deployed, in the, you know, in the Navy, you know, you don't, you're not, I guess you're just so focused on what's going on. You're not really thinking about, okay, y'all making a sacrifice for other people. You're not, that's not your mindset. No. But now, as I'm older, and I think, well, there's people, you know, 18, 19, 20, you know, most of them pretty young, literally all over the planet. And 24 hours a day, you know, I could get up in the middle of the night. There's somebody, there's some 22-year-old servant on a ship right now, you know, standing mid-watch. Right. And... You know, if you haven't done that before, like you don't, you don't really appreciate it. And as I've gotten older, I've come to, you know, appreciate how there's people that have chosen to do this, and that's because it's not an easy life whatsoever. You know, I, I don't know about deployment with the Army or the Marines. I'm sure it's very difficult in its own way. You know, being deployed on a ship for six, seven, eight months, uh, that's a that's a tough life. So you get, you get to know your, as I get older for people doing that. You get to know your shipmates very well. Uh, and as yeah. I mentioned earlier, I have a son that's uh, in uh, the, he's a major in the Air Force that I'm very, very proud of. And, uh, you know, he's uh, had a tour in Korea, a tour in uh, Germany, and uh, now he's uh, here in the States again. So we're very pleased with him, very happy with him. And, uh, but the military, and I go through this all the time, is that today's military, it's more, it's it's almost like a civilian job in some ways, in that, one, the, the pay scale is very good, and, you know, there's not, I don't think there's a job in the world or an interest in the world that you may have as a high school senior or you may have as a college graduate or whatever, and if you hadn't, haven't decided what you want to do with your life, then check out the military because I can guarantee you one of the branches has something that's going to be of interest to you and can easily turn into a career. And once you've served your tour and get out, you're going to be ahead of the guy standing next to you looking for a job because the HRs love the military. They know that you're a leader. They know that you can take responsibility and that you are called on to do something, you'll do it. And the military is a fantastic career. And, you know, we certainly suggest to parents, to grandparents, to kids, take a look at the military and all the opportunities. And the pay is very good these days. So 
that's our uh, that's our spill for the all branches, and uh, it, it's it's good after you serve too. That's something that even the best of the civilian jobs can't can't match what you get from the military. No, I, I would totally agree. It, it, it's interesting as I some I just turned fifty this past year as I. You know, talk to peers of mine, you know, most of which didn't serve because you know, the percentage of people that serve in the military today, you know, like it's one percent. Yeah, it's very low, right? And so, you know, as I just primarily like men, I'd be talking to who who will say, "I wish I had served." Not necessarily, you know, I wish I'd been in a war or anything, but just if they look back, kind of like a regret they had had. Which obviously, when you get to be my age. You you can't go back and and uh, and and sign up. And I think the older I get, the more I'm appreciative that you know I chose that. You know, a lot of times when you're in, especially when you're deployed, you know you're not thinking far into the future. Like, well, I'll be glad I did this. It's you're thinking about. I guess kind of when do I get out? Though <laughs> um, so I I do often tell people that one thing that I I, I do miss at times is. No matter what you were doing, no matter how challenging it was, you could always rationalize, you know, because if you're standing watching in the middle of the night, the ocean, like that's kind of boring. I mean, like it's just kind of grind zone, but you could always rationalize it saying, I'm doing something important. Mm-hmm. Even though it might be just a small cog in the wheel, there was, it was value to it. You know, you were serving something greater than yourself that often in the civilian world, in the corporate world, it's, really just about making money and not there's anything wrong with that i mean who doesn't like money but it's you know it's harder to be as motivated about that or to create that same team spirit when it's just about you know how do we make the stock price go higher versus like i said when you're serving the the countries serving a higher purpose than yourself uh that that makes a lot of these other things more durable well you know this is something that, for those that haven't served, the camaraderie of your brothers and sisters that are in your branch, or even even if, uh, you know, fortunately I never got in a fight with the Navy personnel or anything like that, but at the same token, you walk into an airport and you're a veteran and you see another veteran or you see somebody that's, on active duty, buy them a meal. It'll make you feel a lot better than it will them. But they appreciate it and just, you know, five little words make a, put a smile on any military person's face, and that's thank you for your service. And, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. And the person that has decided to serve... Uh, they sacrifice, and we also recognize the family when someone is deployed or has decided to serve and they go on active duty or whatever the case might be. The family serving right along beside them. They may be a thousand or ten thousand miles away, but that family is serving along with the person that's deployed. And we recognize the spouses, be it male or female. And certainly the kids that have a, a little chunk cut out of their lives while uh, one of their parents may be serving somewhere. 
And uh, there's always the, depending on what the situation is, there's always the possibility. And uh, that's that's why we we support the families. And one other group that I, I always mention and should be, uh, I would think, important with, with what you all are doing in Peachtree Corners is that the dust-off pilots were absolutely phenomenal in Vietnam and even in Desert Shield and Desert Storm. Those guys are incredible, and some women, are incredible as dust-off pilots. And um, they were the... They were the ones that went after the folks that were shot down or had, whatever reason, trapped. And uh, and a lot of times it was nurses. And that brings me to a point. I assume that that in Peachtree Corners, do you all have anything separate for uh, the women that have served? You mentioned 20%. Uh, do you have anything special for the women that have served? Uh, so one of, uh, of the six statues, uh, we did... Uh, but the, and I don't think there was necessarily anything necessarily about the Air Force, but we decided that we would have the Air Force statue be a female pilot. That's right. I remember you saying that. I'm sorry. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, there's something to the side that says, you know, hey, this is a special thing about women. You know, we, we didn't want to necessarily do it that way, but we also wanted to, in an appropriate way, recognize, you know, that women contribute, you know, significantly to uh, our military. So that was the way we chose to 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 do that to honor that uh, their participation. That's interesting, uh, and I agree with it totally. Uh, then now I would ask that someplace uh, that you put a little statue of the nurses that give so much, and uh, they have. They have done so much over the years, but I'm not telling you how to run your park by any yeah, means. No, that's just, a great idea. I'd, you know, I'd, nurses. Uh, uh, we've had a number of them on that uh, are veteran, veteran nurses, and uh, you know some of their stories and what they see and what they do for the the wounded is just you know it's indescribable and. You know, nurses are nurses. They're not doctors, but at the same token, they have saved hundreds and thousands of lives over the years. And uh, you know, many of them suffer just like the the inf- infantryman that was in the bush and uh, got sprayed by Agent Orange. Uh, we have a lot of the nurses that were in the field as well. And uh, so, but it's you know. And I, I, I think probably being on a ship, it would be even more than, well, I don't think it's more than, than being in a, a tent with 50 other guys or whatever. But at the same token, there is a military camaraderie that's second to none. Now, that's, that's absolutely true. I, uh, in, the, in the Navy, they had a, I don't know about now, but when I was deployed, when you would go ashore in a Liberty Port or whatnot, and this is before cell phones, you always had to have what they called a Liberty Partner. You always had to stay together, you, you know, you and this other person, like no matter what, because otherwise, you know, you might not make it back to the ship for whatever reason. And on my first deployment, on my first ship, my Liberty Partner was this guy named Tom Crimmins, who was from New York City. 
I'm obviously not from New York City. I'm from a small town in Georgia, so we were kind of an <laughs> you know, unusual uh, combination of people. But to this day, I'm in touch with that guy. I probably text with him every other day. His family's been to my house. I've been to his house. You know, they, he lives in New York City. You know, all these years later, uh, in fact, his his oldest son, who went to West Point and then switched over to the Navy to be a Navy pilot. He stayed at my house when he was in Pensacola for flight school. So to your point, like all those years later, you know, we're still tight, you know, still in touch. You know, you, you don't normally get like that uh, in the civilian world. You know, it's come that experience where we're, we're deployed together and spending all that. I mean, when you're standing watch in the middle of the night, you got a lot of free time to talk about things. You, you, you often learn more than you really want to know about somebody, but, you you know, you get to know them. Oh, yeah, and, and the families almost mashed together. Yes, that is true. Very true. So, yeah, I'm, I've been grateful for, you know, those experiences. And, heck, even, you know, during the, the building of this monument, you know, I would meet people I didn't know were veterans. And, you know, you, you, it's, it's amazing how quickly you establish a, a <laughs> bond, you know, maybe not like what I had with my Liberty partner, but it's like this unspoken bond of, We've got something in common. Yeah, you served, That's I secure. served. And, you know, the, and I, I make it quite clear that I was never in country. I was a reservist, but I put in my six years, and uh, I appreciate, I, I feel like I didn't do my whole thing, but uh, I still appreciate the recognition, recognition that uh, people like Rick White give me, and, you know, uh, and I certainly respect him for his two tours in Vietnam. And, you know, it just, uh, it all comes down to you have to pick and choose at the time. And some people go right and some people go left. And some people, like, walk straight ahead, you know. But you still served and you still know everybody, one thing about it, no matter what branch you're in, you go through basic and AIT or boot camp or whatever the service might call it, but you all go through that first six months of training. That's right. You're all, you're all getting all that together. Yep. Rick, uh, I keep saying Rick. Alex, I'm sorry. We're going to have to cut it off. We've got to get out of here and make way for uh, another show, the Healthcare Hour. And... Uh, I want to thank you so much. And one other quick question. Will you come back on and particularly come back on when you got, or not particularly, but if you have a, an event that's going to be coming down the pike, please let me know and let's get you back on. Absolutely. I would love to do that. And I, I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show and absolutely we'll uh, keep you informed about our upcoming events so you can share that with people. That's so we appreciate super. that. Thank you, sir. And you're listening to America's Web Radio. We'll be back with more programming right after a couple of messages. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.